The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus well Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. And joining us now to recap the Open and talk about lessons learned from the weekend in golf is Ann McMillan, senior editor of BetSided. And Ian, you are on Brian Harmon to win this thing at 120 to 1. So go ahead, take your victory lap. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this was the biggest bet that I've won in my life. Now, obviously, uh, I do have a regret that I didn't bet more. I should have just emptied my life savings on Brian Harmon. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but no. Uh, it was fun to watch. I mean, it, it, how rare is it to have a completely sweat-free outright winner in golf, let alone that sweat-free outright winner being a 120-to-1 long shot at a major? I think yesterday was my sports betting peak. I don't think I'll ever have as good of a day as I had yesterday. Were you ever close to hedging something? Uh, I Yeah, after s- Friday's round, I did sprinkle a little bit on Jason Day. Um, based on his numbers heading into the weekend, I thought he might have had a chance to catch him. Um, but really, I mean, it, it wasn't that much. It was a little sprinkle. I think he's at like 18 to 1. Uh, and when you have a 120 to 1 bet, you have some, you know, some, some room to play with to hedge on, on some other guys. So Jason Day was my guy, but uh, I, th- I think he was part of the, the group that ended the T2. But um, I'm fine with sprinkling a little bit on that because, like I said, when it's 120 to 1 uh, payout that you have, you have a little bit of room to work with. So I, I did hedge a little bit, didn't need to in the end. 
Joe brought this up earlier in the show, but I want to ask you about this idea that the last two majors featured guys who were relative dark horses compared with the rest of the field. And it has seemed like maybe for this entire PGA Tour season, with maybe a couple of notable exceptions, that maybe the most dominant players aren't as dominant as they can be, say, in other eras, like when Tiger Woods was going off or Rory McIlroy was winning majors, something like that. Does that mean that for future tournaments of significance that maybe we need to start looking at more dark horses seriously? Yeah, it's really weird because actually the first half of the season, I was actually saying the complete opposite because remember uh, early in 2023, it kind of seemed like Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm were just alternating tournaments. Scotty Scheffler would win one week, John Rahm would win the next week. And that kind of continued into the first major, the Masters, when John Rahm won. Um, but yeah, then the last two majors and really the last couple of months overall, uh, that script has completely flipped. And now Wyndham Clark, the U.S. Open, Brian Harmon, the Open Championship, um yeah i think at the end of the day there is a lot of talent in professional circuits here for golf and at the, you just have to find guys that are mispriced brian Harmon at 120 to 1 i thought that was a complete misprice now did i think he deserved being top 10 on the odds list absolutely not but i would have priced more at maybe 70 to 1 um so still at the end of the day i thought he had very little chance to win but i thought 121 was a crazy price on a guy who uh, was in great form recently, had uh, historically had some success uh, at Lynx courses, at the Open Championship specifically. Um, so I think we just need to continue to look for missed-priced golfers because, you know, on a list of 150 golfers in an event, there's going to be some golfers, especially further down the odds list, that, hey, maybe they shouldn't be 10-1 to 1 to win, but maybe they should be closer to 60-1, to 70-1 to 1 instead of the 100-1-plus to 1 plus numbers that we see sometimes on, this, on these guys. And it's the same thing with Wyndham Clark. Sometimes I, I find odds makers just undervalue some guys that should be priced a little bit further up the odds list, guys who aren't household names like Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon. These guys who play well leading up to events, uh, have history, have good history at these types of events. Um, we should give them a little bit more respect than maybe than, than what we do. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm sure some of it is they're inviting some money on these longer shots because why, what, what typically happens in these majors guys at the top of the board. And that's where a lot of times uh, some liability gets built up there with some of the best golfers in the world. Uh, and it's made sense because when, when we look at the history of majors, how it usually plays out, just not in 2023. Uh, Want to ask you about some soccer because you wrote a, an extended piece over at BetSided. Warning people, don't <laughs> do it. Don't go with the red, white, and blue. The, the now plus 250 favorite, that number, um, I believe, has not changed uh, since the start of the Women's World Cup. Why should we not bet on the U.S. at plus 250? Yeah, listen, I, I'm not going to sit here and claim that I'm some big soccer expert. It's certainly not a sport that I bet on a lot, but I, I just think the United States are a little bit overvalued. I do um, think specifically in soccer, both in the men's game too. It seems like um, every single World Cup, people convince themselves that the men's American team is, has a chance to go on a deep run, and it never happens. Now with the women, obviously they've won the last two World Cups, have had a lot of success on the international stage, but I think a lot of that had to do with the United States was willing to put the money into the women's programs and, and, and develop their players. But now the rest of the world, specifically in, in, in Europe, they're catching up with them. There are some great women's leagues over 
in Europe uh, and also this United States women's team. Not a lot of experience, a lot of turnover from the last uh, World Cup. Uh, some younger players that don't have necessarily the experience at the international level. They haven't necessarily gelled with each other. Um, and also, yeah, they've won the last two World Cups, but they haven't won some other international events, uh, mainly the 2020 Olympics, the year after winning the last World Cup. Uh, no big deal, but it was the Canadians, my fellow Canadians, who won gold medal at that Olympics game. So, uh, yeah, I, I think sometimes people just look at the women's United States team and they think, oh, they're going to steamroll everyone. And sure, they certainly have a chance to win. Um, but I don't think I think they're I think they're overvalued in the betting market. I think there's some teams who are just as good, if not better, than the United States. I bet on Spain pre-tournament. I think now the live odds. I think they're second on the odds list. Uh, England stumbled a little bit early, but I still still think they're live. I think Australia is live. Germany's live. Uh, there's 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 a lot of other good uh, women's soccer teams out there at, at the international level. So uh, plus two forty. They didn't look great against Vietnam in their first game either. So I would stay away from betting on the United States. Yeah, having a lopsided opening match, I think, is often a telltale sign of success. Germany has that. Japan has that. Uh, Team USA, 3-0 over Vietnam. Maybe you wanted to see a little bit more than that. Perhaps a, a team can certainly develop over the course of the tournament. Uh, but I think that does make a lot of sense that, yes, Team USA can still win this thing, uh, but they probably need to show us just a little bit more for that number to make a good bit of sense. Let's move on now to the NFL. And DeAndre Hopkins is now a Tennessee Titan. And the Titans are a team <laughs> that you love to talk about. So let's go ahead and jump on in here and not waste any time, Ian. What is it about Hopkins' arrival in Tennessee uh, that perhaps makes you adjust, if anything, your outlook on them? I don't think it adjusts my outlook on them really at all. Um, I think I tweeted, I think a couple months ago, that I, I'm just not high on DeAndre Hopkins anymore. And I think it's just because his career is just kind of reminding me of a player who I'm familiar with, and that's Julio Jones, obviously. Um, and now things have kind of mirrored where Julio Jones has now gone to the Tennessee Titans or DeAndre Hopkins went to the Tennessee Titans just like Julio Jones did. Um, but these are guys who are on the wrong side of 30. And yeah, DeAndre Hopkins in the past couple seasons when he plays has put up some decent numbers, but there is a little bit of regression there. Um, and I don't think it's a good sign. Um, and I think this kind of backs up my claim that he, he ended up on the Titans. Didn't he come out and say that he, uh, he lists the quarterbacks that he didn't want to play for? Fairly certain Ryan Tannehill wasn't on that list of quarterbacks DeAndre Hopkins wanted to play for. So I don't think he got the money that he wanted. I don't think he got the team that he wanted. I think he was just forced into uh, this situation a little bit. So I, I don't, I certainly am not on the Tennessee Titans anymore. Um, but I don't think, I don't even think I can claim that they're frauds anymore, which was obviously what I had a lot of fun doing because I think they're just going to be a bad football team this year. So it doesn't change my outlook about the Titans at all. I think I guess maybe they're slightly better with DeAndre Hopkins than, the, than they would be without him, but uh, I'm certainly not rushing to bet on the, uh, the Titans to win the AFC South now that DeAndre Hopkins is on their team. I think we're going to see some significant regression, a step in the wrong direction for Hopkins this year. Yep, just a matter of time until Will Levis is out there. So uh, I'm sure Hopkins yeah. will be regretting his decision. All right, uh, the world's favorite division, or at least yours, NFC South. Which, which team's going to win this trash division? And, and is New Orleans priced correctly as such a heavy favorite? Because, I mean, I, I just look at him like, okay, just give me the value because I don't really trust any of them. I guess I'm fine with the Saints being favored, 
That's a hefty price. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yeah, it is a hefty price, and I thought it was kind of strange because actually the Saints, I thought they the record wasn't as good as it could have been last year, but they had terrible turnover issues last year. They, they turned the ball over a ton on offense and didn't create turnovers on defense, but then what did they do? They went and got one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in the NFL, Derek Carr. So that's not exactly fixing their turnover issue heading into this season. So I do think the Saints are a little bit overvalued. Of course, you know I'm going to say that the Falcons are going to win the NFC South. Come on! All right. Uh, Falcons have... Falcons have made some significant moves, especially on defense, that not a lot of people have talked about this offseason. Maybe not the most flashy names ever, but a lot of really good core veteran players that are that's really going to improve this defense. Clyde Campbell, uh, Campbell, David Onyemata, obviously the one that, that, that people uh, are talking about a little bit, Jesse Bates, the safety. Jeff Okuda from the Lions, maybe he can turn his uh, season or, or his career around a little bit. Uh, they have added some nice core pieces on defense over the offseason that not a lot of people are talking about. And then, of course, they have the weapons on offense. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of drafting Bijan Robinson, but you can't deny the guy's talent. Uh, Desmond Ritter improved in each of his four starts last season, didn't turn the ball over once, or at least didn't throw any interceptions in those four starts, which is huge. I don't think the way the Falcons' offense is 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 going to be run i don't think they have to ask desmond Ritter to do too much he just needs to be a game manager he needs to not make mistakes and that's exactly what he did in the last four games uh the four games that he started for them last year so i'm actually kind of high on the falcons this year a little bit um i'm not going to say they're going to be super bowl contenders or anything like that i think the falcons win the division i think they win one playoff game is my prediction for the falcons this year um, <laughs> which i think is wow. i think that's a good step in the right i don't think that's crazy i don't think it's too crazy, especially with how weak the nfc is i mean the nfc is the eagles the 49ers and then the cowboys a little bit i'm not high on the lions whatsoever so i think the falcons <laughs> can kind of slide in there as like the fourth or fifth best team of the conference oh my god oh my oh, okay like i won't i won't argue the winning the division part because the Falcons have more value than the Saints. That's fine. But chances are, okay, they win the division. So they get the four seed. Then they get the best wild card team. So that's probably the Cowboys or the Eagles. Eagles. And you still think the Falcons can win that? Or the Cowboys? especially if it's the Cowboys. Cowboys Nobody likes choking in the playoffs more than the Dallas Cowboys. Perfect. Give me the Cowboys. They beat Tom Brady last year. Maybe I'll make, well, that, yeah, yeah, that team stunk though. Uh, maybe I'll make my tattoo bet this year whether the Falcons can win a playoff game. All right. Yeah? Fair enough. See, I was going no, I'm to, not going to yet. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Okay. I've got a lot. All right. Let's, let's get through training camp. <laughs> can we? All right. Okay. What? Can we think about that? Or if, if the women win, USA? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not ready to commit to that. No. <laughs> Why you hate? I thought about it though. You're living it. (laughs) Can it get a little American flag tattoo? That would be funny. Because your brand is Canada. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I like the football bet more. 
Uh, so, speaking of Ian, uh, any baseball yeah. plays you got today? Yeah, a couple baseball plays here today. Uh, looking at the Mariners-Twins game, I do kind of like the Twins at home. Very slight underdogs, not one against the Mariners. Mariners have been largely disappointing this entire season. Twins, actually, their offense specifically has kind of got hot lately. Uh, over the past 30 days, ninth uh, in the majors in OPS, 761. Mariners down at 19th. Um, also, uh, Louis Castillo, much worse on the road this season. One and four record in seven road starts. His ERA goes from 279 at home down to 351 on the road. Um, and Kenta Maeda, I know if you look at his ERA, uh, it's gross right now. But really, if you kind of look at his game log, that's kind of all caused by one start in April when he allowed 10 earned runs in three innings against the Yankees. If you take out that start, his ERA, he's actually been pretty solid, especially since he's returned to the Twins rotation here. So I like the Twins as small uh, road underdogs for that one. Also, um, I like Blue Jays, uh, Dodgers tonight. Huge series for the Blue Jays here. Uh, I like the under in that one, uh, nine and a half. I know the Dodgers, a lot of bullpen issues throughout the season. That's kind of been the big weakness. It's kind of held them back uh, from winning any kind of significant games, but uh, or at least as many games as we expected them to win. But their bullpen over the last 30 days, uh, actually the best in the majors, bet the number one in bullpen ERA over the last 30 days. Also, Blue Jays and Dodgers, some of the worst teams in Major League Baseball in leaving runners in scoring position. Dodgers are actually dead last. They leave the most runners in scoring position per game more than any other team. And the Blue Jays are like 27th. So if you're going to bet the over in that game, it could be a frustrating game. You keep getting guys on scoring position uh, and, and neither team can bring them home. Uh, so I'm going to do the opposite of that. I'm going to take the under. I think it's nine and a half. It's a pretty high total as well. So I uh, like the Twins at home, like the under uh, nine and a half between the Blue Jays and Dodgers. And what I think is the game of the night. Might be a little bit biased, though. Maybe. Just maybe. Ian McMillan, senior editor at BetSided. Make sure to follow him on X and not Twitter at Ian MacBets. Thank you so much for your time, Ian McMillan, senior editor of Bet Cited. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, popular NFL Week 1 bets, which ones we love and hate, and also some key injuries and how we react to them from a betting perspective right here on the BetQL Network.